0: you listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about the past, current and future events. Learn to get um, the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host the Tabitha Zachariah and today we have David Maxwell joining us from um, Launceston. um and David is uh joining us with a special guest uh by the name Natalie Moore and uh this today's program is a bit different because it sort of seems like we have two guests but uh, it's actually more of having two hosts yes <laughs> so um yeah I'm I'm the mini host <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's almost like a panel, isn't
0: it? <laughs> yeah, and it's David, just a conversation. Yeah, yes. it is a yeah. Conversation. That's yeah. That's it. Um, welcome, David and uh, Natalie.
1: Yeah, Thank thanks, you. Tabitha.
0: How are you today?
1: Very well.
2: Yeah, good.
0: How are you feeling, <laughs> Natalie? Good to have you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for
2: having me. I'm excited. This is a great experience
0: mm. yeah uh, David um, over the past few weeks uh, Jason has been sharing his experience relating to his journey with cancer and today you have a special guest obviously I'm um, Natalie and who's also had um who has had a cancer journey quite recently and I would like to share to, uh, her experience on that journey over this and next week's program and um she's going to title her two... Week program um, Peace and Surrender. Uh, would you like to introduce uh, Natalie to us? Yes, or, no worries. At obviously, all, no I've, worries I've all. mentioned her name, but yeah, I'll of Tell us a bit more.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, so Natalie, I, I've known Natalie now for just over a year. Uh, she's a member of the Launceston Church, the Seventh Adventist Church there. And I've been really encouraged watching her journey and being involved a little in her journey over the last um, almost twelve months now. And I'm really looking forward to hearing how she's able to share what she's been through. Today, we're going to look at some of the lead up, some of her history, and her diagnosis. And then next week, we'll dig a little bit deeper into the diagnosis, her her, her treatment, what happened during her treatment, and then the outcome of the whole event. So. Don't miss next week. It's going to be fascinating as well.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and you can also catch us through the Faith FM app and um, the, all the Faith FM websites, uh, which you can download from the App Store and um, also get to listen to the previous um, episodes that we've done. And our show number is zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Um Feel free to text any question, any feedback um any answers to our on-air questions or and even um, get to request the free book offers that are. Um, we'll give you a code later on um, that you can be able to send and get the free book offers. Natalie, we're really grateful to have you with us and um, I'm glad that you all are willing to share your journey, um, your journey with us today and we look forward to hearing all about it. Thank you. So, um, reviewing last week's program, um, so we had, uh, David sharing his journey with cancer over three weeks and, um, um, he mentioned, uh, how he went through, um, stage three and stage four cancer and how God gave him Bible stories and verses that encouraged him along the way and a promise of healing, um, which he claimed and he got it. So what would you like to share with us today, um, in this program called Peace and Surrender?
1: Yeah, thanks, Tabitha. Look, I've um, I've heard a little bit of Jason's story, and it was quite an incredible story. And I think anyone who has experienced suffering of any kind has an amazing story. And as I've said, I've known uh, Natalie for just over 12 months and just been a little bit uh, of her cancer journey. I thought it'd be great for others to be able to hear what she's faced, uh, what it's been like for her over these past almost 12 months, it's not quite 12 months, but first perhaps it'd be good to get to know a little bit more about our guest. and I think that would be really good. So Natalie, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how long you've been in Tasmania, perhaps a little bit about your family and whatever you're happy to share about yourself. Thanks.
2: No worries. So yes, I'm Natalie Moore. I'm 28 years old um, and I... I'm married to Marcus, a local Tasmanian who imported me. We like to joke to water (laughs) down the bloodlines of Tassie. Um, But that was about five years ago we got married and I moved down. Um, My parents live in Sydney where I lived all my life previously to that. Um, In Australia, it's just my parents and I. So we're very close knit. Um, So it was quite a change and adjustment to come down and separate from them and had to really grow up um, but yeah it's been an amazing sort of journey to find our I guess our own family, our chosen family down here in our community through church and um, since moving to our area of Gravelly Beach three years ago, almost four years ago we found a really great community of neighbours there as well so it's great to have that sort of support network um, in terms of I guess our family life we have one daughter sage we have two dogs a cat 12 sheep um, we used Whoa. to have some chickens <laughs> I've got a little bit of land um, which we're sort of growing and developing into our I guess earthly forever home um, and yeah we work for ourselves now but prior to I was a teacher um, only for three years before falling pregnant and deciding motherhood was more for me than the classroom. Sorry to all the fantastic teachers out there. I'm mm. not coming back yet. <laughs> That's
1: great. Thanks very much, Natalie. I, I have to say that when we came to Launceston Church uh, last year, um, it, was, it was impressive to watch... Your level of energy with the with the young people at church uh, she does very, very well with the young people, and just watching her running a kid's sabbath school or a children 's sabbath school, I should say uh, and the lively program she ran on, I could see why the parents would often stay and and enjoy it so look it was really it's been really, really great getting to know you and Marcus just a little bit more over the last twelve months
0: mm, indeed, um, thanks for that. Um for that information that you've shared with us I feel like uh, we know a bit about you um more than actually I'm thinking more than the listeners know about me but yeah and I'm, I'm surprised to find out that you're actually a year younger than me oh, you you're doing so great good on you <laughs> thanks. And so we're going to hear a bit more about your story shortly. Um, but Jason shared um, some verses that helped him get through his cancer um, challenge. Do you have any special Bible verses that you really held on to either before or during your challenge?
2: Um, I suppose I do. There's, you know, lots of, at different times, lots of verses come to mind. Um, but one that actually, a little shout out to my friend Morella, um, who had. A print, a series of prints made for me um, to sort of hang, and it's hanging in my living room over our dining table. Um, And the verse that she had chosen because of what I had shared. on my blog, which we'll explain a little later, was Isaiah 41.10
3: mm. um,
2: and Pastor David, if you could please read that in the Christian Standard Bible translation, please.
1: Yes, no worries. Now, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Christian Standard Bible. It's one that I've only just seen very recently that Nat tells me that it's a favourite of hers. Mm. So I'll read... first David um, as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a very, it's a nice version to read. Mm. Christian Standard Bible air, CSB. So I'm going to read Isaiah 41 and verse 10 from this version. It says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand.
0: It's interesting. That's actually um, was uh, Jason's favorite verse as well. He shared that I think for the three weeks that he shared his story, he mentioned that particular verse <laughs> each time. There
1: you wow, go. that's amazing. That's mm. amazing. Well, look, you know, before the break, we're going to discover, oh, sorry, after the break, we're going to discover a little bit more of Natalie's story. Mm. But first we have a listener question. Maybe, Tabitha, uh, you'd like to share a question where people can uh, either text in or uh, maybe even expand on the question or make comments about uh, the show as they go through today.
0: Yeah. Um, so have you ever had something unexpected happen that really challenged um, the way you looked at things? You know, um, things happen. Yeah. <laughs> but have you had something that was so unexpected and um, just um, made your life change? A lot, you know. Yeah. could be for the better. It could be, you know. Could be for the
1: worse, couldn't it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> for the worse. I don't want to say worse, but yeah, well, if you if you've yeah if you've experienced change um in a certain way um just send us your yeah your experience share with us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and um we're going to listen to our first song. It's called I Surrender All All mm. I Am um by Caleb and Kelsey and um. The title for this uh, program motivated me to choose this song, "Peace and mm-hmm. Surrender." Excellent, Great song. All to Jesus, I- I Surrender All, All I Am by Caleb and Kelsey. And you're listening to Tazi Encounters on Faith FM. And um, we're talking with uh, David Maxwell and Natalie Moore on the topic of peace and surrender. And that's the part one of um, this topic. Um, before we continue, I'm just going to remind our listeners of the listener question. Um, have you ever had something unexpected happen that really changed the way you looked at things? Um, share with us if you've had anything happen or if you have a story, um on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and we also have a free book offer it's called God's Little Book of Grace by David Marshall and I will give you more information later on. So David uh, before the break you read Natalie's favourite passage. Um Natalie why was that such a great passage or scripture verse for you?
2: I guess, funnily enough, that verse, and there's a similar one, I believe, somewhere in Psalms that also mentions God holding us with his right hand, and I'm right-handed, and so for me, that's my dominant and my stronger hand and arm, and so I guess for me, in my head, God is also right-handed. Sorry, left-handed people. I'm sure he's left-handed also, um, <laughs> but for me, that was sort of comforting to know that, you know, that dominant care, like that strength that I have in my right hand, God is holding me with his and he's so much stronger and bigger and greater than I am. Um, And I came across that verse years ago, 10 years ago, even when I started uni, and I was really struggling um, with that transition from high school into university. And um, I had a case of mild depression way back then. Um, And actually reading a lot of the Psalms and the Bible and prayer is really what got me through that. Um, In the case of like I said, mild depression, um, mm. but, yeah, that was one of the verses and that idea and that picture of God holding me with his righteous or victorious right hand. Um, yeah, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's really good to have verses that are really special to you. I've got one that I'll share a little bit later on that was special for me, mm. and it really does help you through all sorts of issues in life, I think. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, Natalie, what was happening in your life, if you don't mind me asking, uh, before your diagnosis? I mean, when we met you early in the year, uh, when we first saw you, life seemed really busy. You were doing stuff with a house. Uh, you were involved with the young people at church. Uh, you were involved in different committees at church. It seemed like your life was really, really full and involved.
2: <laughs> Nothing really changed. No, I'm just joking. Uh, no, I suppose I... Um like the way that i speak and uh just conduct life i like to have things on i like to have things on the calendar i like routines i I've been described, uh, funnily enough, by Daniel Mateo as a hummingbird flitting from one thing to another. So (laughs) while I like to be organised and I like to have things planned, sometimes uh, things don't quite get wrapped up as much as they like to be. Don't come and visit me unexpectedly. My house is a mess. Uh, But, yeah, I guess normal life sort of looked like an extended maternity leave for me once I had uh, given birth and got to know my little daughter in twenty twenty, I just couldn't see myself going back to work. Uh the following year, like a lot of my friends had, I just it just wasn't what I wanted. I couldn't do it. So I um had requested an extended maternity leave and so I was at home and we were so blessed to be able to to do that financially because my husband uh, works for himself and we have uh, two businesses. We've got uh, a construction business. We do uh, residential construction, which we're slowly leaning away from and pouring more into our second uh, business, which we Picked up in 2020, uh, April 2020, uh, which is more line marking. So, doing like car park line marking and things like that and school, you know, basketball courts and things like that. So, you know, shameless plug if you're in Tasmania and you need uh, some line marking, look us up. Mm. Um, But, yeah, so I run the office side of things for more line marking. um, And so, that's kind of flexible, can do it at home and just answer a phone, send an email. So, that was really great um I guess the hardest part of 2020 for everyone was obviously COVID but having a young child and then also being far away from my family meant that they we spent a lot of time on FaceTime because my parents were missing out on my child growing up there my mom's first grandchild um and yes yeah, so that was a bit tricky to be going through that but thank goodness we have technology in those options but as I mentioned earlier we have such an incredible networking community of friends through church and also in our neighbourhood that I never really felt alone and I felt like I had people to rely on. My in-laws live not far away and they're incredible as well and so it didn't necessarily feel like an earth-shattering, life-altering, it was just a life change and that just, that's just what we did.
1: Having kids is such a, a beautiful change in your life. It's a it changes you forever, but in a good way, doesn't
2: it? Mm, I suppose there was, you know, obviously there's challenges, you know, when the baby doesn't want to sleep or you're worried about things and whatever else. I think overall maybe I'm looking back, uh, you know, with rose-colored glasses, but mm. I think we had a reasonably smooth journey um, and I really wanted to be a mum. So even when there was, you know, challenge, even now we're in, you know, the age of two um, and there's, <laughs> it has its own challenges and things, but I guess we're so fortunate in this time of having an awareness of you know what's going on in our children's bodies and their brains and their developments and things like that that I guess when you have that information it means that you can expect behaviors expect changes and then accept them as they come and respond from a place of understanding rather than exhaustion and just like a overreaction sort of thing so I've really been fortunate um to I guess parent in this age of knowledge and information and support mm-hmm. um and yeah i suppose i'd encourage mums to find a group find people that you mel meld well or you know mesh with that can support your journey that you can ask questions of and share the journey along with you so that you don't feel alone
1: so like create community hmm. yeah. and
2: if you don't have it there's nothing wrong with creating it. Mm. Go and find your people. Don't expect them. I mean, yes, pray about it. And they may just show up on your doorstep. But what's not to say that you shouldn't go out and take that leap of faith and do that for yourself? Mm. Like you go end
0: to find people. Mm. Yes,
4: yes. <laughs> yeah, that's and right. so,
0: and talk to mothers there. <laughs> so, yeah, that's
1: right. Yeah, Yeah, so it's sounding like, Natalie, you're saying that before your diagnosis, life was pretty much life. Yes. As you know it, mm-hmm. as we know it, as, as things uh, normally happen with people. And really you didn't have any idea of what was ahead for you back then.
2: Yes, that's very, very true.
1: (laughs) Mm, mm. You know, in my previous um, in previous programs, Jason actually shared something about what Joseph from the Bible went through. Another person in the Bible who went through some serious challenges was Naomi, and I wondered, Tabitha, would you mind reading for us uh, from the New Living Translation a short passage in the Bible? Um, from a book called Ruth It's a very short book You could probably read it in one sitting in the afternoon mm-hmm. But I'd just like to read a few verses about this lady Naomi mm-hmm. And what she went through Ruth chapter 1 verses 1 to 6 Thanks
0: Sure um, In the days when the judges ruled in Israel As the famine came upon the land So a man from Bethlehem in Judah Left his home and went to live in a country of mob Taking his wife and two sons with him The man's name was Elimelech, and his wife was Naomi. Their two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Elimelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. The two sons married Moabite women. One married a woman named Orpah, and the other woman named Ruth. But about 10 years later, both Malon and Kilion died. This left Naomi alone without her two sons or her husband. Then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again. So Naomi and her daughter-in-law got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland.
1: Yeah, that must have been pretty tough. Thanks, um, Tabitha. Mm. When we look at that story, we see this uh, lady that's faced a challenge <clears throat> that perhaps we don't really understand today, mm. because in their day, uh, a woman having no man to support her, to look after her, it sounds um, so politically incorrect to say this, but <laughs> but she women really weren't treated well um, in, in Bible times. They they weren't seen as um, anything much more than the provider of children. So it's so different today, isn't it, Nat?
2: Yes, although that said, I am at home with my child.
1: But it's such an important role. Yes, that's right. Mm. You know, without the women in our society raising children and doing something for the children, where would we be? The men wouldn't be at work as much. And I think we would be very much more deficit as a society. So this poor lady had it pretty tough. It's hard to imagine how she leaves her land. They run away. They almost run away from God's blessings, it would seem, and they go to a foreign land, uh, enemy land, actually, God's enemies, Moab, uh, people who really weren't spending any time with God, didn't like him, didn't know him, um, weren't interested in him. They go to a foreign country. Her sons get wives from there. Then her husband and both the sons die, and they're left as three women alone. Um, and it's it's an incredible story. Um, after the break, I'd like to hear some more of Natalie's story uh, and her journey, but first uh, I'd like uh, a little bit more info for our uh, listeners before the break. Um, Aunt yeah. Tabitha, you have some info there for yeah. us again.
0: Yes, thanks, David, for the, giving us more insights into that story. Um, I remember it, it was a very um, popular story when we were back in um, Sabbath school and uh yeah it just um it's good to bring it up again and um share more information with our listeners. Um just reminding our listener of our listener question, share with us if you've had um, an experience or unexpected um events happen that changed the way you looked at things or changed your life. Uh, we'd like to hear from you. Um text us on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and uh we'll be able to share that um on air. And uh, our free book offer, just to remind us that it's called God's Little Book of Grace uh, by David Marshall, and I'll give you more information a bit later in the next section. We're going to listen to our next song, and it's called Better Than a Hallelujah by Sarah Hart.
4: Enter in the joy of your salvation. By
2: This program is made possible by the support
1: of Adventist World Radio.
0: That was Better Than a Hallelujah by Sarah Hart And you're listening to Taz Counties on Faith FM with David Maxwell and um, our special guest, Natalie, on a series called Peace and Surrender. Um, So before the break, um, David, you shared a Bible story about Naomi from the book of Ruth. How does that relate to what you're sharing today?
1: Well, thanks, uh, Tabitha. There are times in our lives where we're living as we think we should live or how life should be lived, you know, just going with the flow of life, completely unaware of what's about to happen in our lives. And I see that this was true for Naomi. Perhaps Elimelech thought that it seemed like God wasn't looking after them. They had a, um, a famine in their land. And he perhaps thought, and I'm reading into the story, I know that, but for some reason he leaves God's land and he goes to God's enemies, um, goes to the Moabites. Perhaps he thought he could get some help from them. Perhaps he thought, oh, look, God's not looking after us here. Let's try somewhere else. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, he leaves and he goes to the Moabite country. Um, Either way, whatever it was that caused the move... I'll bet she never realised what was going to happen after leaving. It's a bit like when Jacob runs away from his brother; he never sees his mother again, mm. and it's a terrible time that sometimes happens in our life where unexpected things happen. Mm. Um, I've had some real shocks in my life when situations suddenly turned around and became nothing like what I expected to be um, that 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 it would be like, and my life was turned upside down, really, or my world, my world view. Um, so so far, Nat. What was it? Um, what was it like with what happened to you? How did you end up with the cancer diagnosis, and how did it affect you from this uh, life that you've explained to us? What was going on, and everything was happening nice and inverted commas normally, busy as it were. <laughs> <laughs> what What happened with the diagnosis, and and how did that change things?
2: I suppose I get asked this question a lot by people they ask you know were you feeling unwell you know what what were you feeling like what was going on with you that you you know went to the doctor and as far as I recall there was nothing wrong with me I just lived normal life I'd um the only thing that I can sort of pin pinpoint as the start was um just before my daughter was six weeks old so she's about five odd weeks It was about three o'clock in the morning I was feeding her, and I touched my neck, and I felt a lump in my neck, and it was about the size of a pea, and I mentioned it at the six-week check, and my doctor said, you know, keep an eye on it, it just feels like a swollen lymph node, but if you, uh, you know, if it gets bigger, you feel unwell you know, it hurts, come back and we'll check it. As uh, so that was in February of 2020 and then, you know, a month later, things went crazy in the world and I just sort of forgot about this lump until maybe a few months later and I felt this lump again just by sheer coincidence and it did feel bigger, but I still didn't think too much of it um, and so on and so forth eventually I felt another and another and I'd mentioned it to a friend of mine and she said oh don't worry about it my son had a lump on the back of his neck it was a solid lymph node he's always had it it's always been there it's not a big deal maybe it'll just stay or it'll just go away um, and so just talking to different people and I had also started having a sort of dermatitis I guess on four of my ten fingers um, and I thought you know the increased uh, hand sanitizer use and hand washing and it was winter and tassie i've got skin that if you wash your hands and i don't dry them well enough the cold air sort of dries them out and so i have a bit of a reaction and whatnot so i thought all these things kind of went together um but i just never really thought cancer was a thing um mm. and ultimately oh, it must have been I don't know sometime in 2021 so for a year or so maybe even 18 months I just kind of was monitoring these things going on in my body but not really doing anything about it until ultimately my parents got upset with me and said you need to go and do something about your hands you need to go and do something about these neck lumps because this is not normal and so I went back to the doctor had an ultrasound, the ultrasound said everything was normal. And so then they recommended a biopsy and the biopsy said everything was normal, just lymphatic fluid, um, and whatnot. And then it was several months later, I went to see a naturopath and started on, you know, an elimination diet sort of thing and whatnot to try and fix my hands. And I said that I'd been having night sweats and I'd just wake up in the middle of the night and just just be sweating and feeling feverish and but otherwise I felt completely fine um and then again so we tried this elimination diet but in the meantime I had gone to the doctor again and asked for another referral because I'd had a rather large lump develop under my armpit and it felt like it was overnight I had nothing and suddenly Mm -hmm. there was the size of a golf ball sort of thing under my arm Mm -hmm. Um, and mentioned that to the doctor. And they said, okay, well, let's go do an ultrasound. Let's go do another biopsy. So they did. And again, normal lymphatic fluid. I went, this is not normal. You don't Mm. get the size of a golf ball under your armpit. Uh, So mentioned that and asked for a referral to a specialist. So they um, referred me to the Holman Clinic at Launceston General Hospital. And uh, the doctor there was intrigued and he sort of wanted to rule out an autoimmune disease or things like that based on my skin and whatnot. So we had blood tests, another biopsy, but this time it was a core cell biopsy. So it's a larger sample from the center mm. rather than just a fine needle that just kind of bruises the surface kind of thing. Um, and he also sent me for a CT scan. And so then the family sort of all thought, oh, I wonder why they're doing all that. And everyone's sort of, you know, very curious. Like, have you heard back? Have you heard back? Have you heard back? And I sort of went, can everyone just calm down until they say the word cancer? I'm not jumping to conclusions. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. It'll be fine. And then I think it was the 15th of September. I went in for my appointment. Um, I went in alone um, because I just didn't even think that it was a thing. I went in alone and I sat down, you know, smiley chatty as I normally am. And the doctor sort of said, you know, how are you today? And I said, yeah, yeah yeah, all right, just keen to know the answer. And he said, okay, well, from your results um, and the biopsy, you have Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I sort of went, and that is, like, still smiling and really, but, like, what does that mean? I I didn't even know that was a thing. And he Mm -hmm. said, it's a form of blood cancer. And immediately the first thing that popped into my head was the Kirk Franklin song my life is in your hands mm-hmm. and the lines you don't have to worry don't you be afraid um and as i was sitting there listening and sort of half taking in what the doctor was saying and half not taking in what he was saying the song just kept going um through my head in the chorus Of I know that I can make it, I know that I can stand, no matter what may come my way, my life is in your hands. And it just Mm -hmm. kept going over and over. And funnily enough, um, through this whole journey, music has really been what has spoken to me the most rather than books and things like that. But through the music, I guess, too certain verses have come to mind. And one of them was Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which is well known, but I'd like, uh, Tabitha, if you wouldn't mind reading the Amplified Bible
0: version. Sure. For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts and plans for welfare and um, peace and not evil to give you hope in your final outcome.
2: I guess the reason why that's version speaks out, and I would encourage anyone who has just one version of the Bible they're reading, you know, it's all well and good to have, you know, the most word accurate, translation accurate, but sometimes there's such value in having, you know, a different perspective, all those additional extra words. So, in the amplified version here, I really like that it says, welfare and peace, mm. which throughout, and this is partially the reason for the title of Peace and Surrender, it's truly what I felt from the beginning to now is that all-encompassing peace that surpasses all understanding. I've had so many people ask, but you know, weren't you scared? Aren't you scared? Didn't you worry and whatever else? And I sort of went, no, the same way that I walked into that appointment is the way that I walked out other than I just suddenly had this big word and this weight had been tried to be put on me, but I just wouldn't carry it i guess Mm. um and especially that ending where it says to give you hope in your final outcome Mm. and i recall when i had to share with the family um i remember you know of course mums as they do my mother-in-law and my mum freaking out and i had said a very naughty thing to my mother-in-law, I said, you know, what's the worst that can happen? So the worst case scenario is that I die. I go to sleep and then I wake up and see Jesus. Like, that's not a big deal. She said, don't say that. And I said, but for me, that's not, that's not a bad outcome, you know, mm. th- getting to that point, you know, it's, that doesn't sound pleasant, but that's not a bad outcome is to die in faith and awaken to the face of Jesus. Mm. Um, and so, you know, but, Regardless, I didn't ever feel like that was going to be the outcome. And until, and I'd said, until we have a prognosis, so first you get your diagnosis, which tells you what you have, mm. and then you have further testing and whatever else, and that gives you your, um, prognosis which says how far along and what your treatment needs to be and whatnot so i needed to have a pet scan i needed to have um a heart and lung test and all these other things to just see how everything was going and i said until that happens i'm not going to panic because we don't know how bad this is
3: mm. it's
4: mm. A-
1: go on um, sorry tab-
0: david
2: <laughs>
1: yes
0: um i see the you- and we're running a bit oh,
1: um, We really are we, There's, <laughs> no, no, there's no. so much to hear There yeah. is so much to hear isn't there I
0: know I was just so like listening to you I'm um, so like intrigued And I'm um, just um, you know paying All the attention and uh, I was just feeling a bit unsettled and I was like, wow, I was starting to get emotional <laughs> because I'm quite emotional, yeah, yeah. but wow, you're so strong. And it's just amazing when you have that um good relationship with God, when you maintain that close relationship, you just have yeah. that peace, you know, the way you look at things that seem very hard to understand to some people, you know, you just don't see them as such a big deal. And they, I think that is really good. Yeah. Um, so we'll, I'll we'll let you
1: go to a break And then when we come back we'll pick it up
0: Sure, um, just to quickly remind our listeners our free book offer It's filled with um, wonderful thoughts That will plant a seed in your mind Each quotation followed by a Bible text Expresses a truism that can heighten your outlook on life And bring you a little closer to what we all seek um, Who And that is our Saviour We'll give you the codes to claim This God's little book of um, grace after the break This next song is called Grace by City Alight.
4: by grace I Savior, by grace I.
0: That was Grace by um, City Lights, And you're listening to Tazian Encounters with uh, David Maxwell and um, his guest, Natalie Moore. And um, before we went for break, um, I promised to give you the code to claim our free book offer, which is called God's Little Book of Grace by David Marshall. And um, the code is connect for connect number 4 don't put any space in between text connect 4 to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one and i will be able to send that book to you so um natalie is sharing about her recent cancer journey and um uh, from this book um, david how does it relate to either the verses you read or um, natalie's story so far
1: yeah look that's a really great question tabitha now this this sounds a bit like your blog <laughs> tell, me, tell me about your blog that you've created. What's uh, it called?
2: So I think it must have been in 2020 as well, uh, potentially end of 2019. I don't even remember when I started it. I started a blog called Casual Grace, and that name sort of kept bumping around in my head and uh, the logo even and the color scheme, which uh, my wonderful friend Caroly Stanton helped put together. But mm-hmm. I guess uh, the subheading of that title is a space to take in God's everyday grace because I think there's so much of a focus always um, on these really big grace-filled moments and we often miss the little everyday Mm. things that happen that are truly expressions of God's grace for us and I see that throughout the Bible where Bible authors note little Details that you don't really pay attention to on first reading, and then you go back and go, oh, wow, but Mm. that that was right there, that that little moment um, and whatnot. And I wanted that to be the case in people's lives as well. Um, And so, yeah, I started that and it's kind of fallen on the back burner a little bit, but hopefully this year we'll bump it up again and do something with it
1: that's great thanks and so next week when we we go into a little bit deeper into what happened during your treatment maybe you can touch on what you did in that blog Mm. um, what you added to it and how the interactions were so talk more about that uh, next week but I, I really love what you're saying there about um, just trusting in God. There's a verse that's held me through so many issues, and that's Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. And and, and as as I guess you get this news of your diagnosis, how were the people around you affected by this, and, and, and how did it actually um how did it impact on them and how did they respond to it
2: i suppose the first person that i called was my husband um and while i had more or less held it together in the doctor's office other than when i asked the question that terrified me the most which ironically for most women is will i lose my hair that didn't even occur to me it was (laughs) do i have to stop breastfeeding and i did um but then i called my husband and the sort of said we need to talk when I get home and he said why what's going on and so he didn't even make it home I told him over the phone Mm. broke down and said you know I've got cancer but we don't know the extent of it or anything so like it'll be okay and I suppose in that moment he's a very um held together very reserved man and so he didn't really seem to have a verbal expressive response and it was over the phone so I'm not sure but Because we work for ourselves, I guess, in life going through, he had to sort of be that constant rock and just keep going through life and through the motions and keep life as normal as possible, Mm -hmm. which I actually really appreciated. Then, of course, I had to call my mum and told her and she broke down and immediately said, okay, well when you know what's happening and whatnot, I'm getting on a plan. I'm going to, I'm going to come down. I'm going to help you look after you, look after the little one and support you. She herself, um, in 2019 had gone through her own, um, cancer journey while I was pregnant. She was dealing with her own health struggle. So we weren't able to be together to support each other through that. I was still working and pregnant and she was in Sydney. So then mum, through her own version of, um, in her case, breast cancer, she then, um, you know, immediately thought I, I need to be with my daughter mm. um, which I guess is any parent's response uh, and then I guess we told a small group of our friends and every time I think the hardest part was actually telling people it wasn't mm. dealing with it I was fine I felt fine praise the Lord but telling people and having mm. their reactions and I I like people to be happy. I like to support Mm. people. I like to care for people. I don't want Mm. them to be upset. So then sharing that, I was never going to keep it a secret. But uh, sharing that was hard. And every time we sort of said it, I'd break down because I felt bad for sort of hurting them.
3: Mm. Um,
2: But, you know, we we are people of action, uh, our friend group. And so I decided, well, since I'm going to lose my hair anyway, I need to make it a little bit more on my own terms. So I Mm. set a random arbitrary date and said, I'm going to do the world's greatest shave. Mm -hmm. And so many friends, I think there might have been 12 of us in the end, who jumped on board and said, I'm going to shave or just cut or color my hair, whatever it might have been, mm. um, and yeah.
1: Perhaps, perhaps we'll hold the details yeah, no, of that for next that. <laughs> for next time. My hair is still growing back.
2: Ah, oh, spoiler uh, alert! <laughs> oh,
1: anyway, never mind, never mind. We can talk more about that next time, and and please tune in next week because it's going to be a great program. We're going to get so much more of the details of uh, of how Natalie shared, how Natalie coped, how. Um, how she felt encouraged through it all, and what there was a verse you wanted me to read. Uh, yes, was that was that John fifteen two?
2: Yes, and just before you, oh, well, actually no, yes, read it please right. again in the Amplified Bible version.
1: Right. Let me read this and then maybe make a few comments before we close. Fear not, it says John fifteen two. Fear not, John
2: fifteen the branch.
1: Oh the branch. Yes. Oh I haven't i copied the wrong one. Righto, here we go. I can see it now. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit that stops bearing, it says, he cuts away, trims off, takes away. And he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit.
2: I guess that verse I can't remember when I'd read over it. I know it's one that we know fairly well i mean we know verse one very very well but i think a lot of times we sort of just take in the first part that any branch that does not bear fruit and we all suddenly freak out and go oh, if i'm not doing things for god if god isn't you know and but it's actually the second part that really stood out to me that says that he cleanses and repeatedly prunes regularly prunes that he allows these challenges to come even to the branches even to the people that you know are I guess, quote-unquote, good people, you know, serving the church or, like, Mm. whatever they may be doing. Mm. And I think our natural human response, and we hear this question all the time, why do good things happen? uh, Sorry, why do bad things happen to to good good people? people, Why does God let people get cancer? Why did God Mm. let this sort of, you know... um, And I don't at all believe that God gave me or made me have cancer, but I do believe that he allowed it to happen for a reason, Maybe it was just to be here, to sit here and share it this way. Mm. But bad things, hard things will happen. Pruning isn't easy. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, he allows it to happen for growth, for richer, more excellent fruit mm. to come from that.
1: That's fantastic, Matt. That really is great. So if you've enjoyed today, I hope you tune in next week. And uh, uh, Tabitha, if you could just close off uh, with that book offer again and uh, and then close up for the day because we've Run right out
0: of time. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Thank you, Natalie, for sharing uh, your story with us, and thank you, David, for facilitating. Um, the book offer is um, God's Little Book of Grace. And if you want that um, to get the book, text connect 4 to 0488 And on Monday, we have uh, David Leo, and I'll be hosting his program, and he'll be talking about God's Kingdom Restored. So join us next week on Monday to um, hear more of what David has to share. Thank you for joining us today, and I hope uh, you'll join us again next week. Enjoy the rest of your day. We are going out with this song, Trust and Obey by Sierra Hull.
1: Thanks, Tabitha.